Red on Red. This week on the podcast, we're talking with DJ, blogger and music promoter Siobhan Brosnan. Catching up on sleep 
Katie Kim with I Make Sparks and Cutting Heads Collective man Chris Power with Oh No. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday via redfm.ie as well as iTunes, Google Podcasts and other audio on demand platforms. My name is Mike McGrath Bryan and for the next hour or so we're talking with DJ, blogger and Cutting Heads Collective co-founder Siobhan Brosnan. Hi, how's it going, Mike? What's the crack? Not too bad at all. You've got a busy couple of weeks ahead of you now with the big uh, move up to Dublin. You have taken a position with Think House PR, and after 10 years of DJing and making stuff happen on the Cork music scene in electronic and hip-hop, you've decided to move on to the next challenge. I'm gone to the big shitty. <laughs> How is it working out? I uh, know it's actually really, really good. I mean, Dublin is just amazing, and I've been up and down for years with gigs and with work, so it's actually a pleasure to be up there, and I suppose after living in London I did have a few qualms about it but it's actually a lot more relaxed than London and it still has all the culture all the music and yeah lots of good crack up there so really really excited um, especially because as you said I've been freelancing and I've been doing different bits and pieces around Cork for the last couple of years but I did spend a lot of my uh, early career in agencies uh, between Cork and between uh, London as well so it's actually really nice to be back in an agency and to be honest I couldn't ask for a better one Think House are just amazing I'm absolutely in love with them so they're a full creative agency they do absolutely everything in-house they've got their own design team they've got their own videographers they're really really creative but the most important thing to me about them is that they put their ethics first and that comes with every campaign and every client so if you're at home have a look online thinkhouse.ie yeah they're doing amazing campaigns really really forward thinking stuff and it's all about youth culture we're going to invoice there for the uh, free advertising there uh, in a wee bit. We'll talk about your latter work in music media and PR in a little while. But um, leaving a place after 10 years, obviously a lot of your experience and a lot of your credibility comes from the work that you've done in Cork City. So let's maybe dial it back a little bit to 2008. Whoa. <laughs> you move to Cork from Limerick and, you know, the last couple of podcasts we've been talking with different people about, you know, 2008 being kind of the banner year in terms of like recession, but also in terms of people moving to the city and kind of doing things on their own terms. Uh, the recession has kind of leveled the playing field for a lot of people. And then you come into this uh, with a little bit of experience in DJing, record collecting, etc. Maybe kind of give us your thoughts on the state of the Cork music scene in 2008 as you saw it as you were moving into well I was very lucky because at the time um, Electric Underground was around and Electric Underground was really a stalwart for a lot of people and it really developed a lot of my taste in electronic music because they took huge risks Um, this was a time that electronic music was changing a lot it was a little bit before dubstep had fully come out uh, come out of the closet but uh, yeah no it was a little bit before that but at the same time the lads were booking stuff like Loops Haunt and Clark which are just they're not able to be pigeonholed they're something of their own it's just raw creativity and as as you said it's a different time but the advancements in technology had come along a lot so people were producing at home and getting their stuff out online and SoundCloud was obviously you know kicking off and there was a big haven I don't think Bandcamp was even around at that point Bandcamp would have been 2010 2011 yeah, yeah so it was all kicking off and there was these platforms that were there and it was very much a DIY ethos, ethos. and I suppose from my part I came up to study social science uh, really really interested in the subjects and everything but I knew that I, I needed a creative outlet and I was very very lucky that UCC 98.3 FM provided that 
uh, Kieran up there I just have to give him kudos he's an absolute inspiration and he led us away with murder <laughs> so yeah I suppose there that was kind of where I laid the foundation because as he said I'd had a set of decks uh, that I'd inherited from my sister um, they were yeah they were new marks they were fallen to pieces but I had a few records and I was I was trying to figure it out for years didn't really get you know the whole concept of getting the flow together but I suppose between constantly collecting and putting things together and just training your ear that way um, I eventually got there slowly but surely <laughs> Coming from college radio then into DJing life what were kind of your first steps into kind of away from being a selector for a niche radio and into you know reading a room empathy that sort of thing mm. required for DJing that's really really in- interesting that you say that because I suppose I do often feel like I'm a mu- mood music type of person in the sense that um, I get such great enjoyment out of electronic music I find it really satisfying to listen to really um, you know really rewarding in a club environment and I think that it offers a lot to uh, you know club goers and festival goers as long as it's kept interesting now I don't have any time for boring uh, tech house to be honest uh, or boring uh, uh, boring music of any type really but I have seen more of a popularity surge in that genre in recent years um, now maybe maybe it's just not my thing but I do think that electronic music has to be kept interesting and there was always um, a part of me that really enjoyed getting that sound system working and just seeing the reaction of crowds when you change it up a little bit but then on the flip side uh, obviously I don't sit at home listening to techno 24-7 because that would be absolutely nuts yeah. <laughs> well maybe not nuts but I just wouldn't be able for it personally so I always collected funk and soul and different bits of rock and yeah just general like bits and pieces of music that um, perked my ears really I suppose what help did you get in terms of producing and organising a show from Kieran and the lads at UCC 98.3 and how did that uh, I suppose influence or inform your live DJing game then? Uh, so I suppose it was very interesting in the sense that uh, there, well we obviously got the tech training and there was um, a controller there um, before controllers have, had gotten so fancy now because they're after getting very modern oh, yeah. but a very basic controller I don't know if you remember the one up in Camps Radio I but do. a lot of the time we, I would have just tracks lined up and maybe a couple of VLC uh, VLC kind of things yeah. uh, Laptop were, lined in <laughs> Exactly that Laptop lined in I didn't even, I had Tractor at the time but I didn't actually even use that for mixing so the aim really was to play the most interesting electronic music because I did the electronic music show called The Mixtape with two of my friends Ken and Caroline who I then went on to get involved with Skirmish Blog with but I, I think that you know, and me and Ken, because Ken loves techno and, you know, I love techno, but my feelings about techno is that techno is made to be mixed. And sometimes listening to a track on its own, while it's good, it's not as good as when it's mixed. And especially once you've started DJing, you can't just listen to a track because every track you're listening to, you're like, well, this will sound better pitched up or pitched down or with effects over or with another track layered in. So, you know, it's that kind of like that artist crisis. Like I'm sure that people who make film, they can't watch any film anymore without analysing it in depth. So I kind of feel that way about electronic music music so with the radio and like obviously with all the training and the tech and the support we got from Kieran and the team there um, was amazing but I suppose the challenge really was to play really interesting electronic tunes that were like full songs and not just tracks Um, and that really influenced my DJing as well because 
like that I don't mind doing some kind of DJ tool tracks and playing them to move a mixed uh, you know to get it to a certain place yeah. but interesting music is just the end goal and that's just it really you mentioned interesting music and obviously by 2008 big things are starting to happen that kind of set the foundations for the current Cork music scene psychedelic rock begins to happen improvised music uh, starts to take place between the roundy venue and UCC's music department um Maybe kind of outline your experience a little bit of getting to know the wider Cork music community and kind of the interactions that you had kind of at that early outset as the mixtape is happening and as you start DJing out. Yeah, so I suppose the mixtape was actually a really good resource for um, getting in touch with people and an excuse to actually uh, get on to people and find out what they were doing. So we had numerous people on the show. We did interviews with a lot of people, a lot of promoters. I suppose one of the funniest ones was when I worked with uh, the Macronai crew hey. in Limerick and uh, they had Surgeon down and I'd been on to, Surge, on to the lads to arrange it with Surgeon and ended up doing this interview with Surgeon. Uh, he's a fairly prolific techno producer, but you know, it's been said to me a few times since yeah. that, oh, I remember hearing that interview and being like, what the hell is this doing on campus radio, you know? So I did have a really good opportunity and a good excuse to get in touch with people and get on to artists. And actually at the time, Facebook promotion was a little bit different, but I remember tagging acts that I'd play. I'd put up the playlist every week and the amount of acts that got onto me yeah. and... Uh, you know a code from Subtle Audio recently I was chatting to him at a gig we were doing and he was like yeah I remember the mixtape I used to listen to it and it's just so surprising that people remember that 10 years later um, so yeah it was it was really great uh, to kind of explore the music scene from the professional standpoint because I wasn't going to a gig any longer just as an attendee I was going there to get to the nitty gritty yeah. and see what was going on and I suppose the other thing that was going on at the time was the quad um, of course and that was something that Ken would have been very much involved in and Ken um, was in a very prolific Cork band Captain Insano yeah. for any fans out there <laughs> I actually missed that but uh, his personality uh, is very much still Captain Insano <laughs> so uh, I got to experience the personality of Ken but Ken is just such a passionate person so I think that I was lucky in that he was he was almost like my personal guide to the Cork music scene because mm. he's from Cork and as I said had been in bands so I kind of got a behind the scenes grasp on the music scene very very quickly I remember Kenny was in my class as well in Stefan Nefa when we were I was I did radio broadcasting about 10 years ago now in a portent of what was to come <laughs> I ended up dropping out because I was told that there'd be no more John Peels um, oh. yeah and uh, it's funny how the whole podcasting thing now has kind of brought that whole um, <laughs> thing in mind full circle when we come back we'll talk about your work with Skirmish Blog and how that leads to music media for you but first we'll go to the next installment of the playlist that you put together for us this week normally on the podcast podcast we have people kind of choose their favorite cork tracks from right now where you know obviously we talk about artists that are that are gigging out or we talk about producers that are kind of doing the business for us right now but you're kind of taking us through uh, as through somewhat of the soundtrack of your body of work here in town and coming up next we have My Name is John with Portals um, So My Name is John um, again I think the first time I heard him was when he played um, in Cork with Electric Underground years ago and around the same time uh, he had done a mix for Skirmish and it's it's absolutely titled Something for Nothing <laughs> because yeah he just did it uh, off the goodness of his heart really and it's a fantastic mix and it's one that I've always gone back to in our playlist actually uh, it still sounds just as fresh today as it did back then which is really really cool um, so yeah, yeah uh, having seen him play since, he's just always been a huge inspiration. And obviously what he's doing now at Ross and Gano is just 
immense. He's really kind of reaping the dividend of all the hard work that he put in uh, on the Irish Underground for all these years. I remember years ago when we were running Drop the, uh John would often send us releases, etc. And it's funny that you mention his aptitude for titles, etc. Yeah. Uh, it's something for nothing mix, but I also remember his label was called Stress Debt Chest Pains, oh, yeah. which is pretty much, um, if anyone's ever tried setting up a DIY record label in this country, they know exactly what that's all about. <laughs> Coming up, you also have Limerick's leading one-man duo, um, the entity formerly known as Deviant and Naive Ted. What a man. I mean, like the two of them, like they're just, they're so talented and what they do in their own work as well in Limerick with uh, all the the uh, Limerick, the music generation as well. It's just fantastic. They're, they're really, really fantastic people. Uh, but this particular track is one that I always come back to as well. It's an old one um, and I didn't hear it when it first came out, but uh, he re-released it there on his band camp and it's got a fantastic Pink Floyd sample in it. Uh, it's just amazing what you can do with samples and how you can turn them inside out and make something entirely fresh. Just listening to Ted, because kind of my first clue onto that, just kind of investigating Irish music for different places, uh, the work he did with Yes's Roundabout for the Vince McMahon project was one of those things that really kind of hooked me. Like, all right, this is like one of the things that really hooked me onto Irish hip hop. We'll hear from him in a little bit, but first, my name is John with Portals here on Red on Red. Myself thought as a DJ was a non-musician. I couldn't tell you what a C chord was or a C dope. I think it's sometimes it's good to explore music without having any boundaries or hindrances or any fixed formation.
into Naive Ted with Zip Drama here on Red on Red back in studio with Siobhan Brosnan and before we headed back to music there you mentioned briefly Skirmish Blog which was an electronic focus blog that you set up alongside Caroline Dalton and Ken Fitzgerald and the blogosphere maybe the late 2000s early 2010s was a much different place from kind of the multi-platform social media world that we have now maybe take us into how Skirmish started off, the kind of tools that were available to you at the time and how the weekly mixes and all of that kind of influenced the direction of the blog. Okay, so I suppose um, I have to give like so much props to Ken and I couldn't, I could give him props for days because he's just one of the most infectious and enthusiastic characters you'll ever meet. And I suppose a lot of our friendship was based around tunes in the sense that we would stay up nearly all night talking about tunes talking about new music talking about what made us passionate about music and we realised that you know sometimes we'd get to four in the morning you'd have more than a few cans in you and you're just kind of looking for that perfect tune and we realised that we'd be like arguing not in a a nice way but arguing about no you have to listen to this you're going to love this this has to happen Um, and we'd be having these like really jovial arguments about why these tunes were important to us and we realised that there wasn't really a go-to place for people to find tunes Um, like obviously people had been swapping tunes and you know making each other mix CDs and all the rest with years but I think we really really wanted to have a place where we could vent um, about the music we love and also give people a place to find music that they love especially music uh, you know like Jungle um, Breakor 
you know, IDM, like the really, really off the beaten underground stuff. And it's not just to be weird. It's not just to be different to anybody else. It's because there's just so much of that stuff, especially obviously with the rise of technology and there being a lot of, uh, you know, uh, bedroom producers out there. So we really, really wanted to give people and uh, producers and everyone a place to find new music like that. But I suppose also because, you know, uh, there's a lot of people in Ireland who are doing different kinds of things with music and there wasn't really a hub for that at the time. So Skirmish was kind of bound or born from that and yeah, actually it's getting redesigned at the moment. Hey. Yay! Yeah, so it has been a, a pure passion project which is uh, tough as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we did a couple of redesigns over the years and updated content and you know, had we've got some amazing interviews on there. Uh, I'm even shocked at some of the ones we have. I go back onto it now and then I'm like, can't believe we chanced our arm and that actually worked out but uh, yeah lots of musicians they're really really open to putting their stuff out there and as I said about you know even My Name Is John earlier giving us that mix for nothing lots of artists have been really really you know interested in what we do and I suppose the interesting thing about it in Ireland is that as opposed to England anyway um, we've often had no choice but to be underground because of our licensing laws mm-hmm. um, they're obviously fairly draconian now in this day and age I mean I think that we could get away with being in a club until 4am you know at the very least and we'd be okay perish the thought (laughs) people enjoying themselves and clubs staggering their opening hours so everyone's just not spilt out into the street at bloody 2am I know I know (laughs) Um, so yeah but the interesting thing is because of that uh, in Ireland we've actually often had no choice but to remain underground because these laws have put us in that position so for example I've seen acts come over and play a club and then they'll go back to a house party and they'll play an even better set back at the house party you know, so just kind of finding a platform to record and engage with those acts and why we have to go about it in that way was really, really interesting to us. And we've worked on numerous projects since. So we've uh, set up a couple of mix series. Um, we've set up the Ought Note mix series, which is a more chilled one, and the Skir mix series, which is the more uh, banging electronic stuff, say. And I suppose that's just to give people a bit of variety. Like Gary Fitz gave us this really, like, it's, you're not going to find anything like it anywhere else. It's a drone mix put to um, a really nice cut of all his favourite sci-fi movies you know it's yeah it's amazing and you know just to just to I'm sure that he's been doing this anyway but just to give him a space where he can put that stuff is really really important to us Uh, yeah so that was one of the projects and then since then we've actually been running gigs as well so we've done about three gigs in London and we've done I'd say about three gigs here as well um, I've got another one in the works but obviously the move to Dublin has changed that a bit so watch this space because right. there's an interesting collaboration going to be happening with um, a guy you know up in Dublin So Is that so? Yeah, yeah so really looking forward to that Well I'll tell you what now the other thing to kind of think about in this regard is blogging in 2010 where you had WordPress and you had the rise of social media at the time at the time it was being referred to as microblogging <laughs> social media was being held as the death knell of traditional blogging kind of maybe compare and contrast a little bit between 2010 and 2018 the kind of the landscape really of new media because in 2010 everybody had the same idea in that we all wanted to platform acts that weren't necessarily getting uh, the airplay that we felt they deserved um, and we knew no other way to kind of affect the kind of change you wanted than to get on and start kind of doing all the ballyhooing that we wanted to. The blogosphere in Ireland in 2010, if you remember, there was loads of different blogs. Drop the Harmless Noise. Uh, Golden Plec is still in existence. State is still in existence. And Skirmish took that angle and, and aimed it specifically at electronic music, which wasn't, wasn't necessarily done before. And maybe it was even a bit of a portent 
to kind of electronic music-led phenomena that we see on social media today, like Humans of the Sesh, for example. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts on the changes over the years in the kind of the new media landscape? So just to take it back, um, even before that, I suppose people are always going to create and what would have been the before the blog were fanzines, you know, and before anything to do with computers, anything to do with tech, people were cutting out letters, sticking them to paper and photocopying them, whether it was about punk music or whether it was about knitting. People were doing it. They wanted to get the word out there. Um, so people have always had this like innate urge to create and to share. And that's always been really, really important. But as you said, yeah, there wasn't um, a whole host of electronic music blogs and all the rest. But I do think that you know, it has changed in a lot of ways, but it's still the same principles. People want to share and they want to create. But the difference really is, is that, you know, uh, obviously brands and, you know, uh, musicians and anybody who wants to get their stuff out there now has to play this game. And that game is marketing, you know, mm. and it's a it's an important game. But I think I suppose calling it a game is wrong because really marketing is just about getting the right message to the right people. Uh, but if you're an artist now, there's you've got your work cut out for you, really, if you want to be doing uh, your music and all your marketing as well. So it has changed in that regard. So trying to get, uh, you know, a publisher's attention is really, really difficult now. But in terms of the content formats that are available to everybody, the content creators all have the same access to YouTube and now Instagram TV. We've seen CVG start to run an Instagram TV show uh, out of Studio 4 here at Red FM. Um, kind of what are your thoughts on the technological changes and what do you think is next for content creators and publishers? Well, we're all publishers now, aren't we? Yeah. I mean... Instagram, as you said, um, it's just, I think that, I think that that's amazing in a lot of ways. And I think that, uh, especially, you know, Generation Z or whatever we call it, uh, they've actually become a lot more savvy at seeing through, seeing the cracks in, in people who are being insincere or seeing people who are just trying to like, you know, kind of uh, ride the wave on somebody else's idea or whatever. And it's actually something that I was chatting to my friend about last night. There was a really good, I don't know, did you see it? It's a dubbed version. Kerry does uh, Pulp Fiction. Um, I haven't seen it. No, sorry. It's absolutely fantastic. And it was actually, it was actually played on the Graham Norton show um, and Tarantino was there and all and he gave the okay. He thought it was brilliant. But the thing is that, that, that did really, really well. It's got hundreds and thousands of views. But as soon as that started getting views, some uh, some other publishers, uh, inverted commas, yeah. they downloaded it, re-uploaded it and put it up as their own. Ah, yes. Yeah, so it's copyright that's the big issue. And as you see, platforms are trying to adapt to that. SoundCloud now, they've changed their platform. A lot of people are giving out about it. Spotify and Bandcamp are like new models um, of how you can deal with it. And I think that the Bandcamp one is actually my favourite because... Uh, I think, as I said, people can see through the cracks. They're looking for engaging content that means something to them, that means something to the producer, whether it's an artist, whether it's a writer. I think that genuinity uh, transcends, really. And that's the most important thing, to really believe in what you do and believe in your product or whatever. Um, Because, yeah, Bandcamp, you know, that model is brilliant. Pay what you want or make a donation or, you know, maybe you can stream a few tracks. That's brilliant. That's putting the power into people and I think people do want to participate and they do want to donate as well the other one is Patreon that's really interesting Patreon as well Patreon is a big one yeah Patreon's fantastic I mean you see it uh, with a lot of podcasts now they're saying look if you're having a listen fair enough if uh, you know you can't pay for this but if you want to buy me a cup of coffee sometime or the price of a cup of coffee there's yeah. my Patreon page and I think that's absolutely amazing really really forward thinking it's wonderful in terms of democratising access to media in that you know it doesn't necessarily solve the problem of income for independent content creators or for that matter 
uh, kind of make up the grand shortfall of income from. That's happening in terms of like a change in business model, but it is very definitely the right step in terms of putting the control and providing people that want content with content that they specifically want and making that sustainable. But off the back of your work then with Skirmish, you start happening into opportunities in music marketing and in music PR. Kind of, how did that fall together for you? It was actually really interesting. Um, I suppose when I finished finished my undergrad in social science, I did, um, a, I think I did about three internships because that was all the rage at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, with a couple of uh, media agencies and PR agencies, uh, they were Cork based and some of them were, you know, new projects and they were really exciting to be involved in. And I did get really good experience, but I found it very difficult to get that first step on the ladder. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people have been in the exact same position. So I did what a lot of my peers have done. I moved to England. Hey. <laughs> hey. And I was very lucky. I got a job with a very good agency over there called Arena Media. They're a creative agency as well. And I earned my stripes there, to be honest. Um, I was going to stay there, but between things that were going on at home and from what I saw in England, like obviously, you know, England's very creative and it's, you know, very forward thinking. And it's, I suppose like, you know, we're kind of really, really in the midst of this kind of blogging and influencers bubble at the moment. Yeah. But I feel like that's maybe popped a little bit already in the UK and in America because they've had that kind of database of, you know, big, big bloggers and influencers for quite a long time. Whereas Ireland, as usual, is a couple of steps behind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, really felt that there was a gap in the market in Ireland. So uh, that was one of my reasons for coming back. And then I got uh, work with a really good agency here called Media Manager. Cool. So did that for a while. And I suppose I've always been writing. I've always been pitching to different publications and all the rest. Um, and I stayed working with Media Manager until I came across my master's, which was Digital Arts and Humanities. It's a fantastic master's with UCC. I, I actually couldn't believe I didn't. I'd never heard of Digital Arts and Humanities. But to me, it just blew my mind because it was my two worlds coming together in a really, really creative way. I got to study sound processing, sound engineering, engineering, video production and yeah, some really, really cool digital art stuff. But it all came back to how it affected humanity, which is just, that's my jam, you know. When we come back, we'll talk about something that you are doing at roughly the same time as your masters, the Cutting Heads Collective. But first, we'll go back to some tunes. You are providing us with some 10 past seven with orientation. <laughs> what a track, yeah. And what a band. I mean, absolutely. They're, they're probably one of the most anticipated and elusive bands in Cork or in Ireland. <laughs> it is an event when they play because they it's 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 so special now when they get the opportunity to come together. But it also just speaks to just kind of the strength of the work that they've undertaken. Exactly. Um, yeah, they have this uh, really good bio actually that I'm going to read out because it's just uh, it kind of sums them up in a nutshell. <laughs> so it says uh, they're kinky, carry sex metal, trad, scat, gwilcore, bog prog. <laughs> That's even extended from how it used to be. <laughs> but um, that that is that. That just summarises them so well and even orientation is just such a, a snapshot of where the band were at the time that they were putting it together. Uh, you also have the Informatics with New Era. Like, I'm not too sure what happened there, but that Killer Create album that they released actually around 2008, that was absolutely amazing and it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it was Irish. I couldn't believe that it had all these like organic instruments on it as well as these electronic instruments. It sounded like something something really, really different and yeah, I was really excited when I first heard it and I've never gotten over it. <laughs> we'll give you the opportunity to not get over the Informatics when we come back. But first... 10 past 7 with orientation here on Red on Red.
individuals and as individuals are critical that we possess own interests, self-reliance and apply this to our daily habits, habits or to music that's on choose lately, boy bands are the madness, ah the sadness will you open your ears and listen, we can unify the culture so the culture beats the system, to apply and to take it to my toes, connected to the mic, situated in with palm, poets of the land, sandals laughing over glass, glass. with the change of very upper class, opinion that they used to make the choices on their own behalf, they just sit back and laugh, paid the path the lawyers, you can look by appetizing to the onlookers eyes, it's no surprise that the world is filled with children who have been a vision toward person practically and I can different so the living we cannot try and quit the system we must listen to what each other has to say that's the point we yes, enter this flooded market like raindrops in the ocean contributing to the erosion of obstacles on the coast and assimilate works both in the small and the bigger picture we're the hydrogen oxygen two to one ratio mixture and the coast is the establishment of force they just weren't having it but others paved the way for music access to challenge it dismantling strip stereotypes you think the plague is but in a sense the breaking molds and raising bars what's really made us is the new way remaining culturally Irish ignoring the stars using a moon for guidance like the toy, it's just another nautical reference. My audible sentence to keep the audience attentive, dissolving your misconceptions. Of course, it's a metamorphosis. You see it at performances before the show. They're not your first bar and they start absorbing us. We're torn and crowds porous like sponges soaked in the water, which brings me back to my original statements and points of order. Coming at you with the illest, sickest and most twisted lyrics you'll ever look you can witness. Time's money, this is business. I don't know what it is, but something's in this room that has these rappers scared shitless. It's for real, I'm gonna get you. Oh, I'm out, I bet you. Both you and the fact that you slept with compulsive breaking all them rules and making all them fools retract the statements they never couldn't follow through. Who's the man who can't break me, kid? I'm bamboo, fresh off the streets and I'm brand new. No discussion, there'll be no debate. Run short of breath like you're overweight, I'm no longer safe. He wants to run Melt, let him. I do this shit 24-7 Slick, I hit the club and all denim Medicine without prescription, I spit raw Go home and tell your cronies all the sick shit you saw Informatics with New Era here on Red on Red, we're back in studio with Shiv, and right as you're doing your master's degree, you got another couple of projects that are kind of coming into mind. Uh, first of all, is Justin O'Donnell, the DJ from uh, the Impressionists and a bunch of other places, the Hobo Collective, starts putting together plans for a citywide hip hop co-op that eventually becomes the Cutting Heads Collective, and you took a leading role in kind of the press and organisational end of that. How were you approached for the project? Kind of, how did you see yourself fitting into it? And what was your experience like at the ground floor, really, for a movement that's kind of done so much to help bring hip hop back to prevalence in the city? Um, well, I suppose uh, just kudos there to Joss because uh, he is just absolutely amazing. And, you know, I think, yeah, he had his finger on the pulse there because um, he had seen that the couple of hip hop hip hop gigs that had gone on in Cork, that the turnout was amazing, that the talent was phenomenal. And he just knew, obviously, that something big had to happen to just give that a little bit more of a push so it was funny because um, I had just started the Alt Note series and it just goes to show how great uh, community platforms are and I'm big big into community development I'm just think it's one of the areas that Ireland is lacking in at the moment and we need, so much yeah we just need that community development and we need people to feel comfortable with getting involved but funnily enough it was the People's Republic of Cork uh, the forum where I always post up new mixes and stuff I posted up my first Alt Note mix yeah. uh, which was very chilled and I had like lots of I don't know and 
trip hoppy bits and pieces in it. But uh, yeah, so I put that up and Justin was like, I've got a gig for you. So next thing, I was down in the Sextant. Um, I hadn't played in the Sextant in years. Uh, I used to run a Sunday gig there years and years ago called Casa, but uh, ended up being back in the Sextant, playing with Just and uh, CW and just really, really playing just all the type of music all the types of music and records that I never get the chance to play out so that was amazing and uh, fair play to Justin for getting me involved but it really was I'd, like I don't know would our paths have crossed if it wasn't for the proc you know I mean I knew that we knew each other from gigs but yeah. you know it's kind of hard to get your stuff out there so yeah, yeah thanks to People's Republic of Cork appreciate that website which is really kind of an underestimated resource and that we talk so much about the Cork music scene and so forth proc for the longest time was the community news board of the Cork music scene. And so many people kind of got together, so many kind of discussions were had um, that kind of led to so many developments in the Cork music scene off the back of it. But it also is, when we talk a little bit about changes to social media now and changes to the offering, the humble bulletin board is... <laughs> uh, seems almost to have been left in the dust. Not PROC specifically, because there's always going to be people on PROC. But kind of what are your thoughts now on just kind of forums and their role in the development of music as we continue into kind of the ever-changing media milieu? Yeah, I think that um, it's... They're definitely very, very important to me anyway. And maybe I'm a bit more old school. I don't know. Maybe the kids, um, I shouldn't call them the kids, maybe, but the younger younger generation, maybe they're more using Facebook groups because I have seen a lot of good, uh, a lot of good content and a lot of good conversations come out of Facebook groups because obviously they can be quite niche, you know. Yeah. the you know there's a lot of good jungle ones especially that have you know very rare records in it and they're really good for digging for tunes and just having those conversations and yeah that Facebook groups are a huge part of community development so they're while the forums mightn't seem as important I think that yeah. there definitely is a role for them right around the same time you take an important role in the dearly departed Cork community print shop which was a cooperative uh, arts centre and venue running out of the former motorcycle garage on Lower Oliver Plunkett Street, uh, working with people like Carol Lapot, Cormac Daly, uh, Kendo Nakasaki, etc. How did you kind of come to be involved with that? And as we look at the city kind of beginning to regenerate or to be privy to the process of urban regeneration, what were your thoughts on trying to instill kind of a community space in an area that is being kind of marked out for redevelopment? I suppose um, at the time I, I wasn't long back from England and, you know, my social kind of scene had changed a little bit. And I think that a lot of people have found themselves um, in that place. You know, friends have immigrated, people have moved on. Cork is a bit of, you know, uh, it's a bit of a transitionary city in a lot of ways. So it doesn't often say the same, which is nice. It's, it stays fresh. But I suppose I was kind of dealing with settling back into the city and uh, figuring out what I wanted to do with myself. And I was working in media at the time. Um, and yeah, I, I heard about the print shop. They had been set up, um, obviously running, they were mainly running actually uh, punk and rock gigs at the time. Carlos putting them on and yeah, like the um, the exhibitions and the likes of that. But there was some really, really interesting stuff going on. And I remember I went down and had a chat with Carol and I say he didn't have a clue what to make of me because I was in my in all my work clothes, like very official looking. And I was like, hey, I want to put on some techno lights. And yeah, I'm really interested. And, you know, he'd, he would be kind of unfamiliar with the electronic landscape and I'd say he was a little bit kind of questioning was I just trying to go in there and put on a dirty session basically Uh, but 
once he got to know me and realised what my background was in and realised that I was just really passionate about platforming uh, electronic music, uh, he, he gave me a really good shot. So I started putting on sub sessions in the print shop. But the thing is, that was all because we came from a generation that... You know, before us, people used to go to the pub and then go to the club. But now people couldn't afford to go to the pub. So everyone's drinking at home. So there's this little bit of a segregation. And by the time, you know, fair enough, you meet people in the club. But you can't really have a catch up in the club a lot of the time. It's loud and it's a bit messy. And people have had that one drink too many. So the idea of the print shop was, look, this is a place we can go. We can have a few cans and we can listen to some tunes and we can have a chat and you know, it's just a nice social space to get get together before we go out. Yeah. So they were all early gigs and we linked up with Jamie Bean from Bastardo Electrico who was really, really helpful. We did um, a lot of video recordings. We did some interviews with Neil Landstrom and Jerome Hill that will probably never see the light of day, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, we did. I got to test a lot of things out in that space and I got a lot, lot of support from everyone in Cork and the attendance was always really good but I think that was because people want to be together and they wanted that space because obviously you can't invite everyone over to your house all the time yeah. You around this time also you start getting involved with Townlands Carnival Festival of which we'll have a bit more news about uh, stuff with Red FM over the coming weeks for this year's instalment um, Townlands kind of draws from the same kind of DIY community vibe in terms of providing uh, a larger platform for the stuff that's happening in and around the city and county in terms of its music, while also bringing together that bit more of welcoming and friendly vibe to the whole deal. Uh, so I suppose I'd done a little bit of work with Jack Smiles from Audio Jack, um, you know, renting sound systems and and the likes. And yeah, I got to know him quite well. And he asked me to get involved with some bookings for the subatomic stage, which was the dance stage at Townlands Carnival in year two. Uh, but actually at the time I was doing my master's. So I gave him a little bit of a hand and I booked one day of acts. Uh, and then I actually got a little bit more involved with the marketing because I could see where they were coming from. And the more I got to know about them, the more I realised that their ethos is very much in line with my own. They're coming from, as you said, community development background. They're so experienced in the industry. They're amazing. Like the four directors have been working on events for years. Helen goes on tour with really, really big acts doing stage setup and, you know, everything from the nitty gritty to the actual whole production of the event. So they're all really, really interesting people and they're all from that area of Cork around McCroom and are really, you know, they could have picked somewhere halfway up the country and they'd probably double their populate or the, double their attendance automatically. But, th- you know, they want to bring something to Cork and to have this multi-genre festival, which is such a massive risk because, you know, you're really, ha- you have such a broad demographic. Um, it would be nearly easier for them to just focus on one genre and do that and, you know, uh, dot all the I's cross all the T's but they're really passionate about all sorts of music and performance and art so when I saw what they were about I really really wanted to get involved and I was happy to help to be honest and I still am today All of these uh, projects wherein you're looking at community development you're looking at um, just platforming arts in the community and making the arts and music a centre of community development in the city or centres of community gathering at the very least all of these community DIY projects are running concurrently to your media career as you come back from London and you're freelancing again by yourself you're working in and out with various agencies etc for those that aren't aware maybe take us a little bit through the ins and outs of freelancing you know as a writer as as as, as a sound technician as a music marketer kind of what goes into being your own boss 
Uh, well, there's a lot that goes into it in the sense it's um, it's very difficult because you never feel like you have a day off. And if you're working on a project, you feel quite guilty if you do take a day off. Mm. So I think that's something that um, is the toughest bit is time management. And also being really, really confident in the work that you do and being able to get in. Don't be afraid to pitch to people. I think a good rule of thumb is if you want to get in touch with, you know, an editor of a certain um, you know, part of a publication, then don't be afraid to ring the publication, find out what that editor's email is directly and then fire off the email because sometimes when you're sending it to the general emails it doesn't often get to the place you want no. so don't be afraid to give them a ring and tell them who you are and tell them what your idea is in very broad terms funnily enough Twitter is absolutely fantastic for freelancing um, I've gotten two journalism jobs from it because uh, and it was funny the first one they were for a media agency up in Dublin and they said they were looking for somebody to write about it was around the time of the marriage referendum and they said they were looking for somebody to write from a sociological point of view about the referendum and I wrote some sarcastic comments saying what I think what you mean I can use my degree not even thinking about it and he, he was like I got a response PM'd you the brief and Sound. yeah, couldn't believe it. Absolutely couldn't believe it. That's what you want. Yeah, that's what you want. So um, yeah, looking up hashtags like journal request, that's a good one. Following different editors, um, often if they if they have a brief that you know they feel that they need a specialist kind of uh, topic you know to be covered or whatever, that they will put it up. So don't be afraid to get in touch with these people and follow them and engage with them. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the future, but we're going to go back to some tunes. There, you got Lewis James with everything. Yeah, what a track and what a producer. This track is actually an older one as well. But he's had some phenomenal releases out this year. Um, he's actually had a fantastic one on Irish label Rua Sound. Uh, Rua Sound are doing amazing stuff at the moment. They must be, uh, I'd say they must be one of Ireland's best bass outputs. Um, it's funny now how it's, it's all been turned to bass music. So Rua, Rua Sound does come from um, dub culture background, which would have been a big installment in Cork and in Galway and in Ireland in general. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it is kind of a topic that comes up a bit. Has dub culture or has dubstep died? And I don't think dubstep has died. I think that it's still around, but more so that the term has just changed and what it means has changed. So bass music really covers all ground of what they're doing at the moment. Yeah. But uh, this track in particular, it's really, really nice. The reason why I chose it for the show is because it's got a really nice hooky vocal in it and I think it's quite accessible for radio play. So while it is quite heavy and electronic, it's still got that nice bit of soul to it. you got Crave David with the Person remix of MM26. This is just, yeah, I, I honestly, this track just tears dance floors apart every single time. And you think I might, like sometimes I'm like, can I play this again? Am I not sick of it yet? But no, I'm not. <laughs> um, so Crave David are... Um, a uh, mysterious duo from outer space as far as yeah. I know uh, crab techno as far as I as I've as I been know. detecting a, a crab motif to any of the press releases <laughs> I've gotten from them from space miraculously <laughs> so yeah so uh, they are very very you know they're just very accomplished and fantastic musicians um, they use a whole variety I think there's one guy on guitar with lots of pedals and they're just really really messing with stuff and pushing boundaries and making this really weird electro if you want to call it that I think that's what it would be but the person is someone that everyone in Ireland who's into tunes should know and should keep an eye on because his output is amazing he's got a fantastic history in 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 music and uh, you know especially electronic music and he's actually recently he has a release out on uh, Acroplane Records yeah. under uh, Primary Node at the moment and he's had yeah he's had one under the person on Acroplane as well in the last while and he's got a forthcoming one on Alkalinia Records as well so do keep an eye on him because he's just he's just really up there we're going to go to space in just a little while but first we have Lewis James with everything here
on Red on Red.
exciting to take on a new opportunity and before we're on the air you were very excited as to what's going to be happening with Think House PR and the things that are kind of lined up what are your thoughts in retrospect on your time in Cork kind of the development that you've had as a music professional as a person and really what does the future hold for yourself in terms of your work and looping it back to the Cork scene but also what are your ambitions now for working with Think House well, it's it's a funny one because obviously I'm very attached to Cork and it is very sad to be leaving, um, you know, not just to be leaving my friends and, you know, a comfortable lifestyle. But I suppose the thing that I felt was that I was quite safe here um, and I wasn't really pushing myself as much as I could have been. Um, now, that is obviously a personal thing and it's nothing to do with the Cork scene because there's plenty of things to go going on and plenty of things to get involved in. Um, and actually people are very open to collaboration as well I haven't found that it's been clicky um, I haven't found that there's been kind of too many barriers other than the kind of brief hiatus and venues that was kind of going on for a little while uh, but yeah no I do find that you know Cork really did kind of mould a lot of uh, not only my taste in music and my personality in a lot of ways but it kind of yeah moulded what I want to see in a community and how I'd like to see things go forward as well 
but the move to Dublin was really necessary because well number one freelancing is tough and it's a lot of uh, your own time management as well so and I suppose I had worked with an agency where I was focusing on this community development marketing project but Think House really I'd been looking up to them for years I actually you know used them as uh, like a role model for my own work and it's just an absolute pleasure to have the chance to work with them on a really, really exciting team. So while I'm in Dublin, I don't think that will be the end of my work in Cork uh, by any means. In fact, I think that it could help me push my work in Cork a little bit more and I could, you know, maybe link up the two communities a little bit because Think House um, are a national creative agency. They're always looking to do new things. They're really interested in community development and they're really interested in people and, you know, harnessing young people and helping them, you know, elevate and ensure that you know, the issues that affected us and our generation in the recession, that that doesn't affect generations to come. So they highlight issues, you know, such as uh, gender fluidity and, you know, they have spoken about like really, really big tops. So they're doing really, really cool things all the time. And I think that there's a lot that, um, you know, agencies and creative people around the rest of the country can learn from from them in that way. So, yeah, it's not over yet, Mike. <laughs> but of course it isn't because you've got Townlands Carnival 2018 to take care of. Tickets still available now on townlandscarnival.com and a massive lineup of Irish electronic also uh, awaits people that have weekend tickets. Uh, but what else have you got kind of coming up in the pipeline now regarding Townlands and, and, and Cork music in general? Well, um, Townlands is obviously the big one. I can't wait for it. July 20th, it's all kicking off. All roads lead to Cork. It's going to be absolutely amazing. For anyone who hasn't heard about it, there's five stages and over 100 acts and each stage is dedicated to a different genre or discipline. Um, So when I say discipline, I suppose I'm really referring to like the more spoken word and the comedy side of it as well and the performance side as well. Uh, You know, it's just immense. We have different kind of circus and carnival performers coming around from all over the country. So it's just going to be a fantastic weekend <laughs> you know the the fact that they're building a town in a field and inviting loads of people down is just yeah kudos to the lads because it's a great idea um, so yeah but next week actually or this Saturday I suppose by the time the podcast goes out is uh, in the Circus Factory we are doing a costume upcycling session so that'll be really good it's just we're having a few drinks listening to some tunes and we're getting lots of old material and recyclables and we're upcycling our costumes for Townlands Carnival so yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's on in the Circus Factory this Saturday at like 7 o'clock. First of all, Siobhan, thanks a million for everything that you've done for the Cork scene over the Aww. years. We understand that it's not over and done with yet, mm-hmm. but it is the departure. It is the beginning of a new chapter for yourself. That's all for this week's episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from redfm.ie. Thank you very much to Shiv Brosnan for coming in on a Sunday morning where she didn't necessarily <laughs> have to do so. It's thanks, along. Mike. No, I'm delighted to be here. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Now, as of last week, Google Podcasts, as well as other audio on-demand platforms. Share this on your social media. Make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen in to Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan. For the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM, 104 to 106. Shiv, you're leaving us with Defect, Dimension Glider. Yeah. 2012 uh, absolute banger of an electro track I think that Defect is one of the most consistently uh, good um, quality electro and techno producers out there and yeah just his output is amazing I think that he must be constantly messing around on synths so do give him a follow on social media and SoundCloud and all the rest and if you get the chance buy his music because uh, yeah he's well well worth it support is important this is Defect with Dimension Glider and we'll talk to you next week
Red on Red.